Hey everybody, it's Jeff. Before we start today, I wanted to let you know of something super exciting for the MXU live tour. A lot of people have been asking if we're going to live stream the tour, and today we are making stream pass tickets available for our Dallas event. So go to getmxu.com live and find out all the details about how to buy a live stream ticket. Now, this is more than just a broadcast of the event, because for people who are in the live stream, you have video on demand replay following the event. So even if you're there, you can buy a stream pass and get with your team and watch it later on and debrief and talk about what we talk about, which is going to be great. We'll have exclusive backstage interviews during the breaks with the team. So you'll hear things and see things that the people at the event don't have access to. You'll also be able to choose your AVL stream experience for portions of the event. So similar to uh, NFL Sunday Ticket, where you can choose different games, you'll be able to choose different disciplines to focus on during the live stream. So go get your tickets today. We can't wait. So we are going to start the episode today a little bit differently. Fantastic. Lee, this is going to feel kind of like a turn down for MXU, but kind of upside down. We're going to turn it up for somebody today. You got a DM the other day on Instagram. And so I want you to tell everybody what happened and what we're going to do about it. Yeah. So uh, we're in Vegas this weekend, hanging out with Adam, who is also joining us here. And I don't know why I did this, but you know, on Instagram, Instagram, you have your inbox, but it's split into three categories. It's like primary, right. general, and requested. Well, the requested folder it just stays at like 30 or whatever because that's all it'll hold. And I'm looking at it with Adam, and he showed me there's a delete all button because I'm blind and I didn't know that there was one. So I keep hitting delete all. And I have a, a lot of messages from like five years piled up in there. So I just keep deleting it all weekend long until it's starting to clear out. Well, yesterday, I just happened to go back to it. I hit refresh. It populates. And I see a DM I got a couple days ago. I would not have seen this if Adam and I weren't messing around with how to delete messages. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I want to get some clarity on, you know, I just want to give a quick shout out to all the people who've DM'd you over the last five years who feel like they've been categorically ignored. It wasn't that you were ignoring no. them. It was that you didn't know that your inbox had more than 30 right. messages. No, there, seriously, I sound like a freaking <laughs> D-bag right now talking about all these dms that are unread but that's what happened and then adam and i answered one from three years ago (laughs) and that guy he was asking about some mojave mics like which ones were awesome and so i wrote the guy back i'm like well just got this sorry yeah the way way instagram is set up is very confusing with those like three boxes and it doesn't give you notifications when you get a message too to like the general ones so you have to seek it out and then you're like oh crap and if you forget then it's over. Then you respond three right. years later. I, I feel like that response was the ultimate new phone who dis. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally is. I bet he was still he was still jazzed though, I'm sure. He was. He wrote back. He was he laughed about it. He thought it was funny. And then he's since wrote more. Um okay, so I, I just randomly looked at this message and decided to open it. I don't know why. And here's what it said. It's from a guy named Kevin. Hey Lee. First, I'm not expecting you to respond. Thank you, by the way. But I do want to say a few things. Listening to you, Jeff, and Andrew the last couple of years has revolutionized not only my mixing abilities, but how I approach and view a worship set. 
I can honestly look at what I produce every week and know I'm getting better every time. I wish I could attend the MXU live events. Honestly, I can't afford to go. I just had my first kid. Finances are tight. And the decision to not go came down to listening to you guys on the podcast. Family comes first. I tried to make it happen. But I wanted you to know I'm doing everything I can to become better. I Mm. live in Las Vegas and I work part time at a church here. I reached out to Central a few months back to see if I could show up on Saturdays and learn from Adam. He has been an amazing resource. I understand I'm in a very difficult position financially, but that doesn't mean I don't have access to people who can help me be better. You guys have showed me how to think outside the box, and I couldn't think of someone more qualified than Adam. Thank you guys for everything. You cannot possibly know how much of an impact all of you have had on my life. Thank you. Yeah. So, well, Adam, first of all, thank you for being there for him and for being willing to pour into him because I know you do that for your team locally at Central all the time. But, and you've got people who come and kind of track you down all the time too. So, for you and Kevin to connect like that was just awesome. So, thank you for doing that. I mean, think, think about what kind of drive he has to be working somewhere else and his Saturdays are his day off. And he spends that time volunteering with my team, just trying to learn from, you know, we got so many awesome people on the team, learning from people on my team, getting experience with something a little bit bigger than what he does at his, at his, you know, job. Like, I just think that's amazing. And that shows like his heart, it shows how much he wants to grind. It shows that he wants to learn. Um, and he's such, such an incredible guy, really sweet, really caring, and just has a ton of drive. Well, Lee, I can't think of a better candidate for a free ticket and an all-expense-paid trip to an MXU live tour date. What do you think? I can't either. I I took screenshots (laughs) of this, and I sent it to Adam. We had to qualify this joker. I'm like, hey, do you know this guy? And then Adam wrote back, I do know him. Let's send him to a a city for free. And I'm like, yes, yes, we're all on the same page. So So I can't... I say we call him right now and just give him the news. Yeah, if he's a fan of the podcast, how would he like to be on the freaking podcast? Let's call him up. I'm going to text him the link right now. Stand by. Cool. I feel like we're doing an episode of Catfish right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're like, let's see if we can get him on the line. Hello. There he Kevin. is. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> how are you guys doing? I bet you didn't realize that today you would be on the MXU podcast. No, not at all. Well, <laughs> sorry, I had, to, I had to be sneaky, Kevin. Welcome to episode 126 of the MXU podcast. Wow. I'm one of the hosts, Lee. I'm here with Jeff, Adam, and our newest friend, Kevin. Thanks, guys, for having me. Let's go. So, Kevin, uh, Lee was telling me about a DM that you sent to him about just how much you've appreciated the podcast and learning from MXU and that you were hanging out with Adam at Central lately and just trying to continue to get better. Yeah. And so when we um, heard the story, our first response was, you know what? I think Kevin needs to come to the MXU live tour. <laughs> and so as a gift to you and your family and your just willingness to kind of dig in and keep getting better and better, we're going to pay for your ticket and your expenses to get to either of the MXU live events coming up in a couple of weeks. So, congratulations. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're so excited. And uh, I, I shared a little bit with Lee and Jeff just like how much time you put in 
what your heart is and that you're, you know, an incredible dad. You spend a lot of time with your newborn at home and that you want to get better. And um, I just thought it would be such a cool opportunity for you to get to come out to one of the shows and you can pick any event you want um, this year. And we're going to take care of your hotel, your plane ticket, your entrance to the event. You get to hang out with us and just get to meet all the guys. And it's going to be a good time. Wow. <laughs> I you have no idea how much. Yeah. <laughs> you just you deserve it, dude. You really do. I really Not appreciate that. that. Like Yeah, you more than you guys could possibly know. Thank you so much. Well, but we are gonna make you help us load out, so I'm there you go. Fine yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's fine awesome. with that. But congrats on the baby Thank and you. uh just again, kudos to you for just being a part of the of the MXU family, and uh, we can't wait to see you. So, can't wait to meet you we'll, guys. We'll look forward to it. Yeah. yeah, man. I cannot wait to meet you guys. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. You're oh, so you're welcome, welcome, dude. You're welcome, man. I know that's probably a lot to process, and we have a podcast to do. So, we're going to get to the rest of the episode, but can't wait to meet you in whatever city you pick, man. Yeah. Thank you guys again. Can't wait to listen to the podcast. <laughs> it'll, uh, <laughs> it'll be out Monday. I look forward to it every Monday. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, You're awesome, you. Kevin. We're excited. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jeff and Lee. Absolutely. So, um, Adam will be in touch with you on on all the details. We'll get it all sorted, man. But we'll see you, we'll see you in a yeah. few weeks. Yeah, I'll see you guys in a few weeks. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> Bye. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 126 of the MXU Podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Lee Fields, and we are thrilled today to be joined once again by our good buddy, Chris Raybold. Fellas, how are you doing today? Welcome Fantastic. back to the frickin' party, Chris Raybold. Here I am. It's like I never left. <laughs> it is like you never left, because yeah. I've seen you four times in the last year. Quite honestly, I speak to you guys more than I speak to just about anybody these days. So, yeah. But for the facade of the show, oh my goodness, good to see you both. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Guys, I shot the best round of golf in my life today. Wow. It's throwing, so throwing it exciting. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Lee has been working hard on his golf swing. He kind of has given up all other hobbies yeah. <laughs> to be able to spend time with his son, whose main hobby and main pursuit right now is golf. So they've kind of been, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Dakota has been taking a lot of lessons and Lee has been hitting the range with Dakota. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know that they actually got a birdie on the driving range by killing a spot belly goose on the, on the driving <laughs> I range. I wondered if which... that was just a coincidence <laughs> or if that was real. It was real. So many people have, ask me like oh is that staged and like you put the ball there and i'm like mm -hmm. no he freaking hit the goose in the head with the three wood and it Incredible. dropped dead <laughs> who did that but, nolan ryan jeff you would yes this. yeah but, no right. that was um no uh andre randy Dawson? johnson randy johnson randy johnson yes. <clears throat> yeah yeah super tall pitcher for yeah. the arizona diamondbacks i think and literally threw the ball just and this bird just one. obliterated <laughs> in the middle <laughs> that's insane that's like that's the top like '90s baseball highlights yeah, right there. That was that was. But anyway, so Lee, today you shot 84. Yep, which is a record by far for you. Yep, but it just shows how how much your hard work has paid off. So I looked it up, and of all golfers who play on a regular basis, only 26 percent of golfers 
shoot in the 80s. So today, you played better than 75% of people who are playing golf today. Hey, I'll take it. That's amazing. It's awesome. It is awesome. Well, I woke up at 2 p.m., so there's, <laughs> there's, my, <laughs> there's the flip side of everything. You're still in the Vegas time zone? Man, I'm so completely, like, spun out. I've had, yes. Uh, I've had Sophie, my daughter. She's been with me once since I got home. We stayed extra. We stayed an extra day. So our, our run, for those who don't know, I don't know why you would, our uh, Silk Sonic run ended on uh, Friday. Friday night. I kept the fam around on Saturday. Then we flew back Sunday. Sophie was with me Tuesday. I've kind of been playing catch up, but I'm just still all sorts of upside yeah. down and not sure what's happening. So, And by the way, the picture of her that I saw basically sticking a set of drumsticks up her nose. Oh, it's great was probably the most I've laughed on an Instagram Good. post in weeks. But you see so it, right? Awesome. It's like a dad. Absolutely. You see it coming. You're like, don't do it. Don't. Don't <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> this is not going to end well. Yeah, exactly. That was amazing. Oh, man. So I was there for the, the final Silk Sonic show. Yes. I popped in the last, I don't know, three songs or so. Mm-hmm. It was like the venue manager stand over here at the bottom of the floor beside the fire door. Cause the place was so packed and you had your family in front of house. So I was like, screw this. I'm going up there. Yeah. <laughs> so I just walk up there and there's, you know, the security gal in front of front of house and she sees me coming and I just go, I know him. And she yeah. goes, okay. And she lets me in. Can you well, believe they, that? Were, they were so overwhelmed because we don't typically have, you guys know you've been there. Like you're usually the guest. Like we don't yeah. do a big, right. it's not a big schmoozy thing at front of house. And there were yeah. so many people. Yeah. And it was this, in particular, there was this one security guard who bless her heart. She's been there for as long as we have. And she was so confused and so overwhelmed. <laughs> I think she just gave up. So yeah. Um, that doesn't surprise me that she just said, sure, come on in. But it was good to see you all of a sudden appear. Yeah. So I got to ask, Go ahead. was the show as good as when I saw it with you? Because it was one of my just musical mixing highlights of the last year for sure. So I thought this one was better. Really? Yeah, noticeably better. Not like, yeah, I think it was better, but like, oh, no, this is better. Yeah. Did you feel that way, Chris? Like it was I a do. good one? Where, where we are, it's such a such a tease of a place to be where if you think about it, that show, you know, we built it, we started building it at the beginning of the year. It started running in February. We're really only this whole August thing was an add on. It was supposed to be done in May. We're really only on show like 30 something, which is not insignificant. And when you, you couple that with all of the rehearsal time we do, which is like, yeah, infinite um the the point is we we finally got it to a place where it is so locked it's yeah. just so 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 locked and to kind of call it a day is is bittersweet you know so yes it is now you're actually ready to go on tour now we're ready to go <laughs> show it off uh, like yeah. to the highest degree so actually yes i do agree like all of the bits are tighter forget even the musical parts but like the yeah. the interaction between the two guys which is a huge part of it yeah. it's locked choreography locked all the other is choreography is locked all the other production was really locked and um i felt i was in you know, you get to a place where I, I got to a place where I'm like, okay, I now know eight different ways I can do this. Yep. And I swear I tried all eight, the last eight shows just to see which just really just to play, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I felt really good about it. I really did. 
Yeah. And that's not doing things out of boredom. It's just doing things out of comfortability. It's it like is. you've you've gotten to a point where you know what's coming and you're comfortable and you can go, okay, let's really kind of settle in and play for a minute and mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's such a cool place to be when you actually have the not just the awareness of what's next, but the confidence in your workflow and your approach and the console setup and all that that you can just go, hey, wonder what happens if we do this and then it's great or it's not. And you're like, okay, cool. But there's still that, you know, like I said, comfortability that comes from only that number of reps and that amount of rehearsal and all those things. So True. It's, and I, it's I, so cool. I have to be, I was thinking about this before I got jumped on here today. I was running around town <clears throat> trying to get some stuff done before I got on with you guys and figured, I assumed we'd talk about the show a little bit. And I was thinking about where I was with some of my experimentation at, at the end. And I have to be careful to sort of extol the virtues of, if that's the right phrase, of, of, of doing of, of that experimentation because I know myself, much like you guys, a lot of the times the listener base that we're talking to, we're really trying to reinforce into them, hey, just come up with your way of doing things. And we're talking about one sure-fired way of doing things, you know, that's just yeah. your, hey, I do what I do every day. I go to work. I go home. I know it works. The continuation of that is, dare I say, you get good enough. You get to a place where you learn, hey, I, if I stay within these bounds, I can do it five different ways and it'll tell the same story. Yeah, but yeah. there are sort of five or whatever the number is. There's a number of different ways to do it. And um, and a lot of times you, I am doing that sort of for myself at that point where I'm just curious. You know what I mean? I'm just, yeah. even though I know I've done it, I've tried it, I just want to see. I'm like, it, particularly with the show going away. It was both to be like, how do I put it to bed in its most awesome form slash whatever's next? What am I going to take away from this yeah. feeling, the, feeling the best about? Yep. So instead of your way of doing things, become, instead of it being a one prescription method, mm-hmm. it's almost like your way of doing things is now just a set of guardrails. Correct. Within which you can be as creative as you want because you know Mm -hmm. the result is still going to be great as long as you stay within this set of parameters right right and i know i'm doing right by the client staying within those parameters you know yeah but it is really funny the tiny differences as as you know you know we talk about balance the second you throw the balance one way it can be so significant just these tiny little tweaks one way or another the way it takes everything else. And then you have to, of course, react to that and then refit it. And it, it can be a, you can, you can chase your tail real easily on it. Hey everybody. I wanted to let you know about a great offer from our friends at the church co they build church websites completely for free. They will handle the migration of your existing website over to their platform and can even manage it for you ongoing. The Church Co. is a complete digital platform for churches, including websites, apps, giving, prayer, small groups, SEO, Google advertising, and more. Best of all, it's integrated with all of the major CHMSs like Planning Center and PushPay, to name a couple. If you're interested in upgrading your website and simplifying its management, use our promo code MXU to save 20% on your first three months. Thanks so much. 
Hey, everybody. A few months ago, we had Paul Cox from Capture Collab on the podcast, and we talked about the importance of storing and organizing all of your church's photography. Capture Collab is a tool built specifically for churches to handle this. From capturing to uploading and then tagging, it's the ideal photo storage and sharing system that lets you never lose a photo again. Imagine searching for photos of people in your foyer holding a coffee and your library scoping down directly to photos meeting those specifications. If you're tired of sending out links and searching through folders, use the promo code MXU to save when you sign up for Capture Collab. Okay, so the, the I had a crazy night that night because I ended my night with you, but I didn't start that way. So we originally went to Vegas, me and Marcus Walker, our buddy from Skylark, and some of his team, to see a concert on Saturday night. There's a, there's a band that he loves, at, they played at Brooklyn Bowl. It's a band mm. called Goose, so there's a lot to this, and I'm glad you're on here, because this band, Goose, <laughs> it's a jam band. They're mm. like... The 28 to 32 year old fish, widespread panic, grateful dead. Like That's super, super noodle kind of stuff. Super noodle. Like they played a three and a half hour set. One of the songs was 30 minutes. It was like that. Right. Okay. So we're going to get to that. But we come into town on Friday and I knew that it was the, the last Silk Sonic show. So we're like, okay, let's end the night there. And then what you do when you go to Vegas, you're like, well, what else is going on in town? And then you go to ticketmaster.com or whatever and Corey Wong was playing. And Corey Wong is like blowing up right now. You know, he played guitar in Wolfpack. He's got that stuff with Dirty Loops. Like he's like the musician's musician. Mm-hmm. And so we bought tickets. He was opening for, uh, what's that guy's name? We don't even know who the headliner was. Uh, Nathaniel Rightliff, Rightliff. I don't know how to oh, say it. Oh, Radcliffe? Name. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting pairing. That's what I thought. That's a really strange pairing. It is. So yeah. we go, and it's at the um, the Virgin Theater. It's probably a 4,000-seat theater. Yeah. Huge That's what used to be the what used to be the joint. Yes. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a cool space. Great space. Massive PA for that space. And um, they start, drummer starts, and it's like kick, snare, and hat. And we all looked at each other one bar in. And Adam and I made eye contact and both said, oh, no. <laughs> and we're like, how is this happening where you have this band, that horn section, and it's so bad? And we're like, okay, let's give it a minute. Like, maybe they didn't sound check. And we gave it three songs, and it was a train wreck. And it wasn't like, oh, I would do things different. Like, it was really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And I put the guy on blast on Instagram. And I still feel a little bad. Like every time I'm opening Instagram right now, I'm waiting on a DM. Yeah. Hey, man. And, and like my heart is racing because I'm like, I feel, I kind of feel like I shouldn't have done that, but I've never done it before. But also, like, it made me go, like, why don't we, why don't we critique each other? And why don't we hold each other to higher standards? And like in any other industry or sports, you see this, like, there is more of an open, like, yeah, that guy had a bad game, or he's actually not a good point guard, or mm-hmm. you, you know, you see that. So I'm not trying to like blast on that guy, but it it was just a it was a weird thing to experience, and it was it was bad enough where I felt like no people should know that this is not okay, and like we need to, you know, when when the tide rises, all the all the boats go up, right? So do we as 
influential guys have some type of responsibility to help everybody get better and to have bands go, you know what? It's actually not okay. Mediocrity is not okay for what we do, especially a band like that. So then I go from that, put this guy on blast and then go see you mix the last three songs of one of the greatest shows I've ever heard my whole life. It was like, what a night. Funny. Thank you. Also. Yeah. Um, I I think I'm just going to jump in real quick. Knowing if you guys aren't familiar with Corey Wong, check him out. He's uber talented. He is the musician's musician. Um, he, he had his come up long before COVID, but during COVID he put out some really amazing content. And I mean, it is when people throw the word tight around a lot, it is the definition of tight, both him and everyone that he has playing with him. And, uh, and I've studied it. In fact, I really want to know for the stuff that they did for, you know, he had this, we'll call it a show for lack of another phrase during COVID that to me sounds just absolutely perfect. I mean, perfect. Like it hurts me how good it sounds. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) yeah. So, and, and I've been, and to, and also to the extent that I kind of quit paying attention to him and some of what he was doing lately. Cause I just like, I can't, it, it's too good. It bothers me, you know? So there would be a lot of pressure. Let me say this to mix him live. Yeah. He has several different versions of, of that band, if I'm not mistaken, but just because it's the perception is that it is so good. Although I got to think that a lot of that perception is reality too. And you know how it is when you're receiving good inputs, it tends to make you appear to be a better mixer. So, right. And that's why I had such a problem with it was the room. Now I I will say this, that room is all hardwood floors when empty. Was it, was it? Oh, there was, I mean, there was a gnarly slapback. Yes, there are, but, and there always is. But I can be humble enough to say mm-hmm. that I can listen through a gnarly slap. Of course. Back, right? Yeah, of course. This was, you can't hear a damn thing that's coming off the stage. It was just a jumbled mess. Mm-hmm. It'd been better if every input was high pass to 200 and he threw them up at zero, all mono. That uh-huh. would have been better. Who knows? That's disappointing mm-hmm. to hear. I mean, who knows? I would love to, I, again, I mean, that's that's like a dream it seems like it would be a dream gig. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it also, something needs to be said in that you really, and this is why you're saying part of you feels kind of like, eh, should I, should I not have, but, but I'm with you. We should, in my opinion, hold ourselves and our peers accountable uh, in a performance sense, but you never really know unless you're driving. And that's, that's the truest thing. That ever. is true. You that know, is true. Yeah. You just, because I, I get it all the time, particularly with the Bruno thing, the Silk Sonic thing, because we do what we do and because of the way we do it, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. And I don't mean track, I mean just as a practice, as a whole, we just smear everything to where the end product comes out really nice. But there's a lot of warts behind that. And I get it all the time. You know, well, your sources are so good. Your, your, your sources are so good. And I'm not saying that I don't have some good sources, but without saying too much, I will tell you, I don't have all good sources. And yeah. I just smile and say, thank you. You know? Right. Of course. Yeah. There are some things in this input list that you do not want to solo yeah, in place. Right. Let's just say that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I did run myself through that exercise. Like, okay, what could be happening for uh-huh. me to be experiencing it like this? What else could be going on? And it's hard to describe, right? Like listening to that and you go, 
no, like the way that kick drum sounds, that mm-hmm. is so easy to fix. Mm-hmm. Th- that mic in that spot and that kick drum, just looking at it. I mean, I'm 40 feet from the stage. Right. You know, it's like, no, no, that's not right. The guitar, it's a 57 on a amp. And then, and, and maybe this is going too far with the conversation, my DMs were very affirming that loads of other engineers have had similar experiences at that show. Interesting. I would not expect that. I didn't either. I didn't either. You know, even with the the Instagram, Twitter era of, you know, uh, show videos. Yeah. That of course, we've talked about ad nauseum and everyone talks about their importance. Even with those, which is a, a, a good way as ever, as good of a way as, as ever for an artist to kind of see what's going on. It is. Maybe even more so than a board tape in a lot of ways. And the phones continue to become more and more forgiving for an engineer. But even with the, that in place now, there is a level of autonomy provided for a front of house engineer that's sort of unlike anywhere else. We're out there on our yeah. own little island. Now, the, 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 the flip side is you can also get bit in the worst ways because you've got girlfriends, managers, hangers-on, people in less-than-ideal listening situations, critiquing your mix, telling the artist. So in, in yeah. some ways, it's awful because they're getting the worst feedback they could possibly get. In other ways, man, there's guys that go for decades with artists, and everyone knows it's terrible but the artist. <laughs> You know, yes, uh, yes, and we we are all thinking of the same band right now. <laughs> well, there's quite a few. Oh yeah, uh, there's quite a few. Yeah. But I can. Mm-hmm. It's a short list for me of like opportunities that I've I've sat through shows and I'm like, oh, just let me sit behind the console for five minutes. Just I, I just want to make it better. Yeah, but you know, it's Monday morning quarterback. It is, Absolutely. but it's yeah. it, it's it's astonishing to me that s- certain artists of that stature of that legacy, of that history, of those hits would be okay with their product being represented a certain way. So it, part of me is like, certainly at some point, they just have to be unaware because if they knew, certainly they would care. But who knows? Yeah. Um, also, the new Corey Wong album, have you guys listened to it? Mm-mm. I haven't heard it yet. It sounds unbelievable. Of course it does. It's I, th- I need to listen to it more. I've only listened to it probably two times through. It may be one of the best mixed records I've ever heard. Wow. It's up it's up there. Like it's for sure top ten. I'd put money on it for me. It's that good. The first three or four tracks are like, oh my gosh. It's perfect. I wouldn't doubt it. I think the again, I think the content they put out on Instagram or on social in general yeah. is phenomenal. And it's yep. so clear that these guys are just like total G's from yeah. playing to even the way they casually speak about if it, if, it, if you ever see a shot of them, like in the studio or something, the way they speak about the production, you can yeah. tell everyone knows it's very modern in that yeah. everyone knows how it works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, nothing but praises for that into things for them. And I think this guy that will hate me forever is a part of that process. <laughs> and I think, it makes sense to me knowing what I know about live sound and knowing the little I know about the studio. It's the same gear sometimes, but it is not the freaking same. Oh no, so not at all. If if you approach mixing on an S6L and a J rig in that theater like it is a studio environment, you're gonna you're gonna piss off the front of house guy ten feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that could be it. That's 
I would not be surprised if that's what's going on. It's like tiny cuts in the EQ, you know, too low of high pass filters, too high of low pass filters, less Mm -hmm. compression. It's all things that we see studio engineers do. And we walk up to that mid band and go, no, minus 14 dB is okay (laughs) here. You know, (laughs) you know, when you see studio guys, it's like, Oh, but in the, in my headphones, it sounds right. I'm like, I don't give a frick what your headphones sound like. Like you have 1 million drivers in front of you, comb filtering and canceling and adding Mm -hmm. stuff. You know, it's like, this is not, this is not that my friend. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm ranting. But by the same token, I would hope that somebody who is smart, who is musical, who understands the songs, who understands what they're trying to do with the parts, especially if they've been involved with the record, that they would know that this doesn't sound the way it's supposed to sound. I mean, I you know, so yeah, who knows? True. I mean, somebody maybe had the ultimate of bad days. Maybe their dog got hit by a car that morning and they just did not care about anything. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you've heard comments about that show from other people that you respect. It's like, okay. I, so we have to we have to distill this down in a way that is practical for our audience because we could sit here and t- just tell stories and, you know, complain about stuff all day. But what can we what can we learn from this in terms of how to give and receive feedback? Because we started MXU yep. as a way for us to continually get better, to be open-handed, to be willing to accept that each of us could freely say to each other, man, you really need to listen to that vocal because I'm not getting it. Or, man, tell me what you're doing to those drums because something's just not clicking. You know, And how do we, over the years, you and I have learned very well how to do that with each other. I think on the MXU tour last year, the three of us did that really well for each other and to each other. Yeah, Chris so, made me cry the last show. Aww. Yeah, well, it was it was. I beautiful. can't believe that was, was a, a year ago, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, I know. But it's like, you know, for the for the guy who's just kind of feeling like sometimes it's just a weekly slog at their church and they don't have people around them to to give and receive feedback, like what can we say to those guys to go, okay, here's some here's some ways that you can get better at that, both in the way that you criticize other people, but in the way that you can set yourself up to receive honest feedback from people around you, other than just a sound complaint or an occasional old person who comes up and says it's just not my style or it's just too loud. Mm-hmm. I think there's this thing that's happened where we're afraid to be critical even when someone is seeking feedback. Like that's a when someone invites you like, "Hey, what'd you think?" There's certain people in my life, you two and a few others that if I say, "Hey, what'd you think?" you won't say, "Hey man, it was great." You'll say I'll call you later. Let's talk about that vocal. And we'll spend an hour on the phone talking about the low mid on a vocal, you know? So I, I think we got to be okay with being critical. I think because when, when someone else gets better at what they do, everyone gets better. And that's the hard part, especially in the world you work in, Chris, outside of church, you don't see your peers complimenting each other. Yeah. And well, it's, and there's so many, and it's such a, yeah, yeah. It's because y'all are fighting for like a spot on the next tour or, you know, everyone's territorial and afraid of losing what they got. And I, there's a lot of that. I think it's the opposite. I think it's, if you help someone get better, it elevates you. Yes. So I didn't, I didn't go into the last four days on my Instagram thinking I'm going to give props out to like four or five different people. But I realized today I was thinking about this podcast that that happened. It was 
putting this guy on blast. And then I gave you a shout out on Friday night and I meant every word of it. And then on Saturday we went to that goose show and it freaking sounded great by the way. And then Sunday I go to central and hear Adam mix and it was the best mix I've ever heard in that building. And I do know Chris spent some time with him that week. Um, helping him and critiquing him and like they were doing what we're talking about. And then yesterday I gave Scott Ragsdale a shout out on my Instagram and I'm like, I'm not saying what I'm doing is perfect, but I do think when, when the tide rises, all the boats go up, you know, it's, it's everybody. It's like when you elevate other people and you help them become better, everybody gets better. It's, it's the, it's the same thing with like, we've got friends that have podcasts like Chris, you have a podcast. And Church Gear has a podcast. We're fighting for people's time with our podcast. But I don't care. It's the more podcasts, the merrier. Please, everybody go start one because that helps That helps everybody. It's like the same thing with, with mixing. If everyone else around me is getting better, well, then I have to get better. Mm-hmm. It inspires me to want to right. get better. And, and I have to or I'm not going to have a job. Right. On, on a practical level, you know, I think the question, you know, was just asked, you know, what can you do to get better when you're truly seeking? uh, I think that question was raised. um, When you're seeking feedback from others, or you simply just, you want to know, you want some sort of metric, you want an opinion. And it's hard, unless you have a group of audio peers around you all the time, which again, a lot of times we're kind of on our own little island. Like if we're part of a, a, an audio team, whether it be in a house of worship or a concert or a a install or whatever it might be, you know, everyone's kind of in their own little role in their own little world. And we don't always, you know, not everyone's sitting with you at front of house to, to critique. So there's that the, who does come to visit may or may not be the kind to feel comfortable to give you honest uh, an honest assessment, yes. you know, or they may have their own, and this is human nature, they might, it, it might be really good and that somehow threaten them. There's a lot of things that could play into why we don't get a lot of feedback. The other thing is this, there is something, and this is problematic in a number of ways, you know, audio in general, when it comes to production, and I don't care where that production is happening, we are kind of the offensive linemen of production. In other words, ideally, no one really talks about us very much, but when they do, mm-hmm. it's usually when something goes wrong. When the and quarterback it's when so- gets sacked. And I mean, there's no bigger problem you can have than an audio problem, right? But for the right. most part, right. people don't comment on audio because, and I truly believe this, because it is not tangible, because they they feel it's there's more mystique and, and woo-woo and uh, black art science to it than perhaps there really is. It's very easy to look at a stage and critique the lighting. Everyone, my daughter, can go, yep. that's too much blue. It's with, with speakers, you don't see anything. You don't, it, so people will often, and I feel like I've, I've made this analogy on this podcast before, but you know, well, people will tell me, they'll, they'll say things like, well, you can probably tell, but you know, I can't tell if it sounds good or not. And I'll put my hand over my mouth and I go, really? You don't know? Are you sure? Are, are you sure you don't know what sounds good? Right. And it's like, I promise you do. You're thinking about it too hard. And that happens a lot of times too in audio. There's a point to all of this. And that point is oftentimes the way we were talking about tours that are historically bad 
And there's a reason why those things are allowed to last like they do. But a lot of times things will be bad for a long time until the right person or the right scenario comes about and speaks up. And then you have throngs of people going, you know, I actually never really thought it was very good either. And it's like, why didn't you (laughs) say anything? I know. And then they go, they default to, well, I don't really understand audio, you know? So that becomes a problem. But quickly to give like some sort of practical input here on ways to better things, I would say obviously listening to any of your recordings, which always have to be done with a, a massive grain of salt, you know, because a board tape might just be drums and vocals, depending on the size of your place. Or it could be any a number of things that kind of mar with that recording's representation of the actual show. That's not always the best. Nowadays with phones, I mentioned um, trying a bunch of stuff here at the end of this last run we just did. I'll send, it's full disclosure, but Bruno will send, we, he takes everyone's phones away at that show, as you guys yeah. know. Yeah. Inevitably, some Not the crews, mine. Not, right, yeah. <laughs> Inevitably, some <laughs> videos will sneak through. And they're almost always like heartbreakingly awful. They're from like the worst angles. And I've discussed a lot of how I feel about the sound of that room. And and he'll send them to me or I'll send them to him. And, you know, we'll be like, yeah, da, 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 da. So finally I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? We're, we're getting ready to finish this thing. I'm so tired of getting these videos I'm not super proud of. I'm just going to take some of my own at front of house and I'm going to have them and I can send them to him so we can both feel good about what happened because I know that's good. (laughs) So I'm literally sitting there holding my mixing with one hand and like a total chump, like videoing with my other yeah. (laughs) um, for the last several shows. And then Adam at Taylor actually hooked me up with like a little tripod for one. I learned more from those. That's really what prompted that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that was me doing that. Now, RLD has a super snazzy camera that gets a mix fed from me, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I actually want, for reference sake, I want an iPhone video because that's now what I'm used to listening to. That's sort of my, whatever, that's the reference. So that was a way that I personally chose to do it was to, I just filmed my own shows, you know, with on on a cell phone, mind you. Um, and learned so incredibly much from it. Like I've been watching them nonstop, these tiny little clips ever since I got home. So yeah, that's, that's cool. funny. I've started doing that. The band I'm working for now, they post, they're still posting stories and these little clips from the tour we did in June. Mm-hmm. And I saw one yesterday and it's like the end of a song and he's singing and I'm like, Oh, please, God, let this be the one where I had the guitar loud enough on, of the, course. on of course. the trash can at the end. <laughs> you know, so it's the same. And, you know, they're on row five under the PA of on course. the right side. And it's like, oh, God, please sound good. Of course. Of course. But that is a way for, you know, you to, you, you need to listen to your own stuff in some way, even if it kind of yeah. hurts. You just, and, and then reference it to what you think is good. And there you go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for church guys, maybe that means that you go back and listen to your broadcast mix and your live stream mm-hmm. and be pretty honestly critical with yourself to go, okay, what what am I hearing here that needs to be better and that can be better? And then I think you're right about the iPhone microphone. It's like, okay, live in the room, let's get used to what this sounds like and how it changes over time when I make these tweaks. Yep. And then the other thing about just feedback in general, obviously the reason that we're able to do it with each other so well and so easily is 
because of the relationship that's there. So honestly, getting it from a stranger is not a great way to approach it, but establishing some camaraderie with other like-minded people that you can be honest with is really the best way that any of this can happen because it has to be through relationship because that's the best way to have any difficult conversation. So there's a lot of, a lot of tips there that I think people can learn from. Yeah. You know, don't I'm put sh- it on Instagram. <laughs> right. Right. Or do, if you do get ready, um, I've shared yeah. before, you know, a lot of times that person that, and it's oftentimes in, with the least bit of uh, tact possible comes up to you that to give you their opinion of the sound. And it's oftentimes not what you want to hear. Your immediate reaction is, something I shouldn't say out loud on this podcast, you know, it's some sort of, it's that kind of like, Oh, what a jerk. Nine times out of 10, there is some valuable, valuable, valuable truth in what they said. They just don't know. And and if, so for me, it might be someone that's, that's been drinking. So all inhibition is lost. So they have no, they're, they're not thinking I shouldn't say this. They're thinking the exact opposite. And a lot of times I, I'll kind of get miffed by it, but then I'll go back and I'll be like, you know what? I think there's something to that. And I would have made changes uh, so many times based on that sort of feedback, even if it was presented in the worst possible way, you know? Hmm. Um, yep. That's a, so. that's a learned skill. What you what you do there. I feel like you have to, in the middle of hearing some kind of BS, mm-hmm. Instead of going like, dude, whatever, you have no idea what I'm dealing with or you're drunk or whatever, to be able mm-hmm. to go, wait, you separate, you almost have to like get outside of your body and look at right. look at what's happening from third person and go, well, does he have a point? Right. Is there something in there? Because I, I've said this before too, Chris, I, anytime somebody says something and it sounds wild, it's like, no, there's something there. There's something there. Like they don't just walk There's back some reason there. they would have said it in the first place. Right. Yes. That they made the effort to yes. come all the way back there. And the quicker, the one thing that I think I have built in, in me, even when I want to tell this person off, I would almost always be like, I'll have some sort of very loud, thank you very much. But then I would be coupled with, Hey, where are you sitting? Which is a mm. real question because yeah, in my situation, I'll often turn to the systems engineer and be like, Hey, will you walk down there? see what's happening or they'll tell me they're sitting in a place and i'm like i already know i'm like yeah it's garbage down there they're not wrong you know (laughs) yeah 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 that's very true so i alluded to this but i went and heard adam mix and it was freaking awesome but you guys spent like a whole day woodshedding together that's great to hear that it came out good yeah it It was was very organic um it pretty much he asked me he asked me a long time ago to come over and of course i'd wanted to see the church for a while um also uh they have laundry there and i needed to do all of my laundry so nice. it worked out <laughs> it worked out perfect but we didn't usually when i do that you know we we talk a lot about okay how much time do we have what are we going to do this and that uh sort of a lot more game planning adam and i didn't really talk about it and i think it's because uh, the, the way it was able to work the way it did is because I have a relationship with him like I do with you guys now. And it pretty much was like, okay, just hit space bar. Let me hear what you have. Yeah. And then I just, I was like, do you mind? And I just started like digging around yeah. just as though it were me. And I was given whatever time we had to do something. And I would stop. And of course we'd say, Hey, look, you know, we're just, we're just digging now. We're kind of rolling around on the mat. Some of this is going to work. Some isn't. 
yep. but let's try these things. And yep. and he was very honest too in that anyway, it was very open in that, hey, take what you like, yeah, leave what you don't. Let me just show you what I would do. And and I told him too, I said, whatever I do today, I guarantee you if I had a week in a week, it wouldn't sound like it. But here's what yeah. here's what Chris would do in one day. Yeah. So I'm glad it I looked, I saw your video, and just from looking at the processing and hearing it, it sounds like he kind of sort of left it where we had it, which was cool. Yeah, I think so. He he was afraid to get so aggressive with those frequencies that are dangerous. It's the, you know, I want to yeah. hit a home run, and sometimes you strike out when you add 5K to something. Right. You know, so he it made him a little nervous, some of that. Mm-hmm. So I think some of that he tamed down, but I bet over half he kind of left i could hear it so what do you think the biggest change was well i don't know what they did but to me the drums and bass were perfect like they were fantastic i've not heard the bass guitar that good in there that room sounds bad let me let's say this too very so when i put on there that adam is one of the best front of house engineers at any church in america that is true you could go in there and hear him give it his best and think well, I might have heard a better experience somewhere else. And that may also be true, but that doesn't make what I said about Adam not true. Correct. Because right. of the... Because he's p- having to work a lot harder oh my to get gosh. those results. That room is ridiculously bad. It's mm-hmm. They've done a giant remodel, but they didn't think too much about acoustics. And he would be the first to tell you this. The entire ceiling is just a metal pan and there's nothing on it. It's really, really bad. The low end's really bad in there. And he's got great gear. It's all Digico and DMB, so there's nothing wrong with any of that. But um, the drums and bass were really good. The low end was tight, and the vocals were fantastic. And you know what? The really the last thing we got to, I didn't know how far we were going to get. We just got to what was his. He said was his lead vocal, his primary vocal. Yeah. And in fact, it gave, it reminded me of an MXU event we did when I pulled up these tracks, I'd been wanting to use the whole time and I only got to them at the last show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was because of what I, this monster I had built around it. I sort of had to do the vocal this one way and I wasn't totally sure about it. And I felt the same way about that vocal. Um, and again, just from looking at your video and glancing at what I saw on what I believe was the F6, it yeah. looks like how we left it. So I, I, more than yeah. anything, I'm glad to know that that worked, that that dropped into place well. It did, yeah. I think he nudged that high mid band that was ducking out. I'm sure he did. A, a little bit, moved it to the right a little. I think everything else was the same. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he had a plane to catch. So the last service, I mixed the last two songs instead it. of like his A2 or whatever. So so I jumped in and I've mixed there before and it felt easier to me to get the vocal more on top of the mix. Interesting. Yeah, it felt like, oh, there, cool. there it goes. You didn't have to like fight the rest of the band to get it there. Right. And you guys didn't even work on the PA. It was well, just- that's and that's usually the first and most important thing we. That was the funny thing is like I could hear all that looseness in the low end. Yeah, and I was just like, all right, we're just gonna roll. We're just this yeah. is what it is. You know, yeah. we've tried for ten years, and right. so is DNB Inspector. I'm sure, and I had that inclination too. I'm like, I'm sure I'm not the first person with this observation. <laughs> no. You know, no, it's pretty flabby. Yeah, but it it's a fun band to mix, and obviously super talented and. You know the, the the content is really fun to just kind of put your hands around, but I'm glad I'm glad it's better. It's 
Adam does a great job. He does a great job. And, you know, doing something like that is akin to with a, when you have a – well, first of all, it's so great because it's recallable. So, like, nothing is forever, you know, uh, so the pressure is off. But it is akin to, hey, let's just go throw the ball around or, hey, let's go yeah. in the gym or, hey, mm-hmm. let's just go – you mentioned reps a second ago. It really is like let's just go – let's just go practice. Yep. You know, yeah. and that's what's that is super healthy. It's great for both parties. And it's also super rare to have the ability to do that and to have an audio peer to do it with. So, oh, yeah. So I, I, I love it. I mean, we just, it was literally just like playing around. We created you know? a whole business out of that idea, Chris. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I know you guys are big fans of it, but it yeah. just shows how much people are longing for, you know, whether you want to call it just the community aspect or the, uh, the return uh, you get from the effort you put in by others giving back as well. It's like there's just so much value to be had by getting yeah. in there and just, again, rolling around on the mat for a little while and seeing what happens, you know? Yeah, yeah, for That's sure. So, cool. so speaking of that, you guys heard us mention it on the last episode, but November, we're doing our first MXU workshops at our new facility. So MXU HQ is going to be like up and running as of next week. And we are so excited because we've got state-of-the-art gear that people can come and just roll around on the mat with. And so November 7th and 8th, we have audio workshop days, November 7th or 8th, and then November 9th for lighting, November 10th for video. And you can come and you know sign up and get a day of just some of the in-depth kind of conversations that we're talking about. And again, all based around this idea of how can we challenge each other to get better. So you can go to getmxu.com slash workshops and sign up today. Can't wait to see you there. Congrats on that, by the way. Like, that's so super exciting. Thank you. To see that coming to fruition. I cannot imagine how good that must feel. It, it hasn't sunk in yet, to be honest. I'll be, I'm flying out there. you have to come up. Yeah, I will. Coming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would love to. I don't know if you meant me specifically. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, okay. you. Because I'm thinking. Cause the my, one that I'm looking yeah, at right, right now. Okay. <laughs> it's my calendar. First of all, I love East Tennessee. Second of all, I love East Tennessee in the fall. Um, third, as of right now, my calendar, I don't. I think in November, is like was completely wide open. So I would love to, or whenever it is, I would love, love, love to come up there and check it out. Cool. Awesome. Well, we, you're, you can have a door code and a fob. I can't Whatever. Wait. Can't wait. Um I've been saying it's the first church production training facility on the planet. I think it's, does anyone else have something like this for live production? That's just dedicated to training. It's usually like rental house or rehearsal space or. No, you know, you see the, the large sound companies had started to over the years have, um, what do they usually call them? It's not a workshop, but like a summit or yeah. uh, they, they some kind of master class. Yeah. Or. And it, and it's, it's, of course it's so hard to do in the touring world because it's like, well, when is ever, you just have to guess, you know, do yeah. it in early winter when you'll have the most people, but they'll have something where they just try to touch on. I'm sure like you guys, as much as you can yeah. in whatever time is available, but no like dedicated, there's not a dojo anywhere, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right. for this, for this sort of thing that I, yeah. that I know of, that's not, that's not an actual like, you know, teaching facility school. Right. So we're going to do those, obviously a bunch of ticketed events all year long, but we're also making it available for people to come and rent the space out. Oh, that would so be you so can, great, you bring your audio team if you want. But 
if it's a front of house guy about to go out on tour with Beyonce and he mm-hmm. wants to come woodshed mm-hmm. for a week, well, we have every console. He can come and do that. And I'll I'll save the brainstorming, but I got lots of ideas that could involve I, you. Yeah, no, I get them already. And I also yeah. see it's immediate potential and i would prepare yourself for phone calls outside of the house of worship world as well yeah, right you, you know oh, we're prepared oh yeah, yeah. with its proximity fact, to my phone is my phone is right here i'd be <laughs> glad to answer it i bet i bet and i think it'll happen too i really do um i think about some of the places i've holed up in you know before tours that was sort of like a well we just got to get you in somewhere that uh, good lord right know? right exactly yeah. That's awesome. Well, and the other the other general thought is what you did with Adam the other day mm-hmm. to give people uh, an opportunity to have that kind of experience up close and personal with a swing coach, for lack of a better word, right. in the in golf in golf parlance. It's like, okay, I can go take a lesson with sure, you know, Tiger's coach and get tips and tricks from the best of the best, and to have that with my tracks in front of my console. Mm-hmm. in a neutral space with somebody like yourself, it's like the opportunity is just huge. Yeah. And it's great too. And it's righteous. Like what a cool thing to offer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Um, okay. So this band I saw on Saturday night at the Brooklyn bowl, mm-hmm. which have you mixed a show there? No. Yeah. It's a house of blues style facility. So it's like 1500 seats, flat floor, you know, it's maybe 60 feet, 80 feet wide. But then the whole left side of the venue is bowling lanes. Mm-hmm. So for the concert, you can buy a ticket and just go stand on the floor, you know, shoulder to shoulder with a thousand people. But you can also get a bowling lane with 10 people. So we had a bowling lane on the downstage edge, just right under the PA and listen to this band all night. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're concept. ordering blue ribbon fried chicken and, you know, whatever and playing and playing bowling all night while this band's playing. It was ridiculous. But this band, I, I've not been exposed to the jam band world at all, other than, you know, listening to stuff on when people want to play, like, check out this fish song or dead or widespread or mm-hmm. you, name, name your jam band. And my experience in listening to those bands is like, yeah, this is cool. It's just not my thing. But going to the show was like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different than playing it on Spotify. Even this band, the band is called Goose. This is the name of the band. And those guys, Marcus and his buddies have played me their stuff before. And I'm like, what, what are we doing right now? Right. <laughs> what is this? I don't have this kind of time in my life. <laughs> yeah. But then going to the show and I'm like, oh, like uh-huh. once you experience this, when you play it in your car, you're, you're remembering what it's like to be there. Yes. It's not the same. And then the whole bootleg world, they upload their board mixes every night and have these like subscriptions to them or they charge 10 bucks a board tape and they're streaming every single concert. There's cameras on every guy mm-hmm. and they're paying, you know, $10 to stream the whole concert and they played three and a half hours and they took a 10 minute break in the middle. So they're an hour and 45 minutes in and they all walk off stage. And I thought that was the end. Right. And then Marcus was like, that was set one. <laughs> And I looked at him and I'm like, what did you bring me to? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then they played another hour and a half. And so then I walk over. We're right under the PA. It was D&B V's. And it was a ton of them, like 14 or something. So then I walk over to front of house 
and it sounded great. And it sounded great where we were in the bowling lane underneath the bottom box of the PA out, out to the side. It sounded awesome. And then at front of house, it sounded the freaking exact same. And I'm just kind of watching the guy mix. He's probably in his late 20s, early 30s. No snapshots, just winging it. I don't think you can with a band like that. No. Like they're not playing the same thing one night after another. And Come on, baby. Just freaking rocked it. Mm. And he's back there, you know, hitting his vape and slamming IPAs. And I'm like, right. this guy is just loving it. It was <laughs> it was really cool. But it made me think of the widespread stuff and thinking like, what would it be like to mix a set like that three or four hours long? That's wild. Yeah. Well, I often, you know, we were, when my, <clears throat> my upbringing in the jam band world, the, the, not to get too deep into it, but the, the widespread thing, they're sort of the black sheep in that world in that a, a couple of the guys in the band are sort were sort of, of the, the hippie ilk, if you will, that were okay. in the grateful dead, but by and large, they were kind of like rock kids, you know? All right. And their whole deal was, you know, when you think of a lot, of, when you think of the jam band thing, a lot of times I mentioned Noodle before. You just think of just that, that, that yes. never-ending guitar solo, solo Noodle kind of thing. A lot of times it can also be sort of silly uh, on purpose, some yeah. sort of the vibe and this and that. The Panic guys, they just wanted to, they just wanted to play. And the thing that drew me to, I had a, an uncle who was and is a huge. Uh, deadhead and he tried to get me into it when I was young and <clears throat> it, I didn't understand what was going on yeah. and um, I, I, I tried to listen to some of the other stuff and I couldn't really get into it what struck me about it as cool was yes going to the show which first of all particularly when you're younger you're like where am I I didn't yeah. know anything like this existed but to me it all felt very brave in that mm. the song was over yet they kept going yes and and I'll tell you what to this day, I work with some super, super talented musicians in a lot of different, you know, bands and a lot of different genres. Very few of them can quote unquote jam. And you see it in their levels. Like when they play the songs that they have learned, it's very loud and proud and what it is. It, and it's not when they are asked to jam or improv, it, it, it a lot of times it falls apart very quickly because they're just not used to no rules, just keep going, stay in key, meet you at the one, that sort yep. of thing. So to yep. me, that's what appeals to me about that whole world. As a mixer, I can tell you there's no better proving ground on earth than five shows a week, three hours a night, no, of just go for it. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, that, that to me was, and I've said it a lot, you know, I don't think I'm the most talented person out there. I just work really hard. You know, the whole... I'm sure I've said it on here, stay late and shoot 100 free throws after practice. Well, right. the same thing happens when you're asked to mix that much. You know, you yes. can't help but sort of become a little better, I would hope, after a while. Right, for sure. It. I think you're dead right. I think it's... And what Marcus was explaining it to me, and he said, yeah, they'll do these things where the song's over and they'll keep going. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and sometimes it's nothing. But he goes, then other times it explodes and the crowd goes crazy. Right. And I saw it happen a few times. They build that tension. Yes. Yeah. And then and the crowd, they they know what's happening too. And they know, is, is this going to be the one? Is this going to uh -huh. be one of those? Uh -huh. And then it is. And they go crazy. Like Tiger Woods just hooked one 120 yards 
onto the green from under right. a tree for a one foot putt. It's like, it was almost like a sporting event. It was like, yeah, they got one. Yep. It was, this is an awesome one. When you said that, you know what that just reminded me of, you know, I learned so much, <clears throat> have learned so much getting to know you guys as I continue to, to, to learn both you all as people. And then as I say, you know, your scene. And when I started to learn about the pressure that a lot of the people, not a lot, I would almost say everyone is under every Sunday for that Sunday to be that. Yes. For that Sunday to be so magical and to be this one that literally turns people's lives around, yet not force it, right. which is all, which is impossible, you know. But when I saw that, in fact, I remember where I was with you guys having this conversation and who was saying it when it really came to me when I'm like, oh my gosh, these people, that's a lot of pressure. Um, it's sort of the same way in that world in that you don't want to force it, but you, that's what you're shooting for every yeah, night, yeah. you know? And that's yeah. that's tough. Trying to find that magic, yeah. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you're, to your point, Lee, about trying to go there and then it falls flat, it's like, well, the reason you do that is because every once in a while, it's not flat, it's magic. Yeah. And so, you know, how do you... How do you make those moments not feel contrived on one hand because you want to make the effort to do it, but hoping for magic and you just can't manufacture it. I mean, even on the tour last year, there were moments with the Thrive guys on stage where it was like, this this song doesn't feel the same way as it did last time. Right. And that's okay. But next time it felt different and it was like, whoa, what just happened? And we all kind of crave those moments in any in any music that we're mixing, but especially in worship music, obviously we're trying to connect people with something that's transcendent. And so it, uh, when those things happen, it's like, it's way more than just a nice feeling. I mean, it's, it's goosebumps and it's emotion and it's all those things that, that we all crave. And that's why we love art in the first place. So yeah. How do you, how, how do you let yourself go there without it being manufactured? Right. Because when it happens, there's nothing like it. Uh, well, I'll tell you the sign of like a truly well-oiled machine in any of the endeavors, any of the endeavors that we're talking about here is, yes, the payoff, like when you hit, is just indescribable. But, and I was listening, I was actually on the treadmill in Vegas and I was listening to an old widespread panic thing that I'd done years before. And this was like <clears throat> when they were really on. I mean, they couldn't help themselves but to just be, pretty great right out of the shoot no matter where but because it is what it is inevitably that train goes off the tracks you know yeah and Mm -hmm. to watch i used to say those guys would well i'll change my language here no one could mess up like those guys and what i meant by (laughs) that was man when it would go off the tracks to watch them correct and get back on yeah. was such a beautiful thing because you know every one of them's aware, oh boy, we just lost it. <laughs> and oh God, could this get really ugly? And yeah. there's always, you know, because they were so good or, or any act like that that's just dialed in because you're so good, you know you're going to get it back. And when you do, you just kind of look over at your buddy and you just roll your eyes and have to laugh. And that's the best That's the best feeling in the world. Almost as good as, as hitting it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And there was no click track, I'm guessing, with those guys. No, not at all. No, and, no. And, this, you know, the, this band didn't no, have one either. No. And, you know, the notion that there's no roadmap, there's no roadmap, but there's a key. 
Like, you know, there's, yeah. there's patterns and there's, yes, you know, yeah. there's, there's a resolve that we all feel coming. It's not total voodoo, but, um, so the modern worship arrangement is an intro, a verse, a chorus, a turnaround, a verse, a chorus, a turnaround into a bridge that just drops out of nowhere and mm-hmm. then builds forever and, mm-hmm. builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And then finally goes back to the big chorus that we're in the middle of that concert. And I'm like. Worship music was not the first genre to do this. No, jam bands were. <laughs> yeah, and, and I felt song that had that. I felt that when we were doing uh, when I was out with you guys, I felt I was like, oh, I've been here before. I know yes. this, you know. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Totally. But they don't know where they're going though. The jam, you know, once the song is over, the one they recorded, then they're like, oh, let's play that that turnaround again for ten minutes and see uh-huh. what happens. <laughs> right. And then it just goes crazy, you know. I right. felt bad and excited for the lighting guys. Like they, what, what do they do? Well, they How actually do not run out of ideas. Yeah, yeah. and and <laughs> interestingly, so those guys in that world are oftentimes the whatever we'll call it the fifth beetle. Like they get so from their from the respective fan bases. Yeah, they get a lot of props because, and again, a lot of that has to do as well is because everyone can see what they're doing. You know, yeah. the audio thing has that air of mystery. So, yes, they're for sure like sort of rock star mixers in that world. But the lighting people definitely, particularly as it becomes to like building that tension and then yeah. the release. And, and I love what the lighting guys do in that world because it's not – it's more about building the mothership look as it comes out at you because yeah. they mm-hmm. want the fan base to be a part of it as opposed to the traditional lighting the band. Yes, you know, yes. and the, so many of those jam band lighting guys do so much with so little. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's a, it really is all about the lighting kind of coming at you. It's just a different way of doing things. But um, but yeah, they just go for it. They just they just yeah. wing it. The whole know? rig was behind them. Yes. You know, pointing out at the crowd. That's exactly how they do it. The band was backlit a lot. And I thought, how is he seeing that guitar right now? You know, there's, yes. there was a lot of that. And it was just strobing one color slowly you know because the whole crowd's on mushrooms by the way (laughs) right 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 cool well as always this has been amazing you are the best and i just love hearing you talk and hear stories and i i feel like i've just got ideas now based on just the little things that we've talked about so well you guys know i love being here um it's like i said to you last night jeff i was like you know what because i haven't done I've sort of whatever I've just been doing my thing haven't been doing much of any of these this year and I was like you know what? it'd probably be good for me to get back on the horse and it's of course it's just as easy as it was the last time we did it you know so yep well I hate that you're not going to be able to come to the Atlanta tour stop because we're going to miss you and what we're really going to miss is the next day when we're in Athens at the Georgia game oh no way y'all are yeah, going to be here <laughs> And who yes. who is that like South Carolina or something? Samford, whoever so, the first yeah. first week cupcake game right. might as well be St. Mary's School for the Blind. But totally, you'll have a blast. Oh man! So we're bringing our tour bus and our tailgate set up to downtown Athens. I'm not telling you about where it is, but uh, we're going to tailgate all day because half of our crew are Georgia Bulldogs fans, mm-hmm. and then the other half are Tennessee and Jeff's Michigan fans. So. Right. We're going to the Tennessee opener next week. It's a Thursday, and then we're going to do the Georgia opener 
on. It's their week two, but it's their first home game. Yeah, funny how that routing worked, guys. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it is, it is the fall. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, well, I'm going to miss seeing y'all in Atlanta too, but, you know, again, maybe I'll make it up to Knoxville for something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Cool. Thank you, guys.